Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Faith Cantor. Faith is a therapist, nutritional consultant, food intolerance specialist, health cook and a self-love lover who changes people's lives. You're the author of Living a Life Less Toxic and you work with one-to-one -one clients as well as running UK-wide workshops, demos and talks about living a less toxic life in mind, body, home and environment. Fantastic. Faith, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and thank you for the lovely intro. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. I do enjoy doing the, the intros, I have to say. <laughs> it's probably my favourite part. <laughs> Let's hope it, it stays, uh, stays on that note. So it would be great if you could set the scene um, by telling us a bit about your, your background and really what life was like for you before you detoxified. <laughs> Um, it's quite a long story, so I can't try and condense it. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I, prior to getting on the kind of the detox um, bandwagon, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, uh -huh. um, I was very ill for a number of years, um, housebound, sometimes bedbound, with chronic fatigue syndrome, ME, um, and IBS, um, depression insomnia, the, a kind yes. of collected um, yeah. ailments and illnesses. <laughs> um, so that, that was for about six and a half years, something like that. But even prior to that, I was never very well. Um, um, I was still suffering from all the other things, just not the chronic fatigue syndrome at that point. Uh -huh. um, and prior to that, mm -hmm. um, I should have gone the other way maybe, <laughs> um, I, it, I had, uh, as a small child or a younger child, I was already suffering from depression, um, possibly brought on by um, abuse as a child okay. and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, life was not what I would call very nice, I guess, or I perceived it as not being very nice yeah. uh, for quite a number of years. And it just kind of got worse and worse and worse as the years went on mm -hmm. until the chronic fatigue syndrome happened. Um, and at the time I thought that was it, you know, what's the point in living? Um, but actually now I can see that it actually saved my life getting chronic fatigue syndrome rather than destroying it. Yeah. Because yeah. I was already destroying myself in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Jeez. Okay. That kind of all led to trying to get well and how do I get well uh, without taking lots of medications and things like that? How do I get well um, from the ground up, kind of from um, dealing with all the underneath stuff, mm -hmm. not just putting a plaster on it or, you know, trying to deal with one symptom, but yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was, uh, I suppose, the sort of tipping point? When did you decide that you were going to try to improve your circumstances? Um, I think it was about two years into the chronic fatigue syndrome being quite severe. Um, and I had only about six months before maybe been actually diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome because basically they have to rule everything else out first before that you get that diagnosis. Okay. Um, and since being diagnosed with it, I'd got worse because I knew that lots of people never recovered from it, um, how bad it could get. Some people are drip fed, you know, it can get quite severe. Mm -hmm. So I think the news of being told I had it made me worse for a while. And, and I was reading all these stories about, all these horror stories about it, basically. And then one day I was like, that's 
it. You know, enough is enough. I'm not doing this. This is not what I came to this planet to do. There must, it's got to be something different than this. Um, so uh, just about exactly the same time, like maybe the same day or a day either side or something, I came across a um, book called Way of the Peaceful Warrior by mm -hmm. Dan Millman. It's just the most incredible book. And it made me realize that even though I couldn't do very much, I could do something still. And, and how to be grateful for the little things in my life. Mm -hmm. So I remember taking myself to sit at the window um, of my bedroom instead of in the bed um, and watching the squirrels and the birds and the people passing and actually appreciating those things, you know, because in my busy life prior to that, mm -hmm. I just walked straight past. You've just got blinkers on half mm -hmm. the time because you're, you know, doing 101 things and stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, all this wildlife in my front garden, you know, that I can now sit and appreciate for hours on end if I choose to. Yeah. And that was a real turning point for me to realize that there was some benefits to where I was. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just started reading every single recovery story I could find, um, not just from chronic fatigue syndrome, but mm -hmm. from... Um, terminal cancers and all sorts of stuff you know and I was like if these people can get well then yeah. I'm definitely that, that's that's me I'm doing it you know there's mm. no um, there's no second place or anything that's it mm -hmm. so yeah that was kind of then it slowly started and it took a long time actually that must have been it must have been quite far in actually not just two years it must have been a bit further in because it took me about two two and a half years to get well um, yeah. so yeah that must have been about four years in then um, but yeah that was kind of the turning point okay so yeah, yeah. And, and so what sort of research did you start doing then to, to help yourself uh, well reading people's recovery stories and seeing what helped them mm -hmm. um, first because um, it's kind of guesswork otherwise well it's still guesswork yeah. then because everyone's slightly different um, and realizing that there was a, a certain number of things that seemed to, although lots of people tried lots of different things, there was always the same sort of things that kept coming up okay. um, in amongst it. And I realized detoxing mind, body, and home was key. You know, everyone, whether, whatever they were trying was part of that, you know, either healing their body through uh, healing the digestive system and detoxing the body, or um, more things like um, meditation and, and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or you know, reducing the chemicals coming into the home and onto the body. Okay. Um, because all of those things, even if they hadn't caused the illness, they were having a big impact on it, um, you know, because the body's not work, being able to work effectively then. Mm -hmm. So it kept like these same sort of patterns kept coming up. So that's what I started to do, basically yeah. concentrating on detoxing mind, body and home. Okay. Um, it just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean, there's certainly a number of things that um, you've kind of I've, I've seen in your books and you've kind of mm -hmm. spoken about and such. Um, like, I mean, diet, for example, mm -hmm. certainly in your blog, I've seen that you have a lot of um, raw vegan yeah. recipes. Um, is that something that you, you used and is that something that you, you advocate? Yeah, I mean, the raw food is highly nutrient dense mm -hmm. uh, you're not cooking anything off it's really dense in nutrients so you don't need to eat so much um, and if you can get the nutrients in then the body's going to work more effectively mm -hmm. so that's really important and you know a lot of um, a lot of the 
processed foods that we eat mm -hmm. are full of sugars and additives and things so there and, and chemicals which are having an impact on our health mm -hmm. the body doesn't know what to do with a lot of them so it ends up storing them mm -hmm. um, and it slows everything down we're not we don't have as much energy so going coming away from the processed foods um, is really important but the thing is is a lot of people that have got chronic fatigue syndrome or uh, IBS and other ailments um, have got intolerances to things like wheat and dairy and, and uh, yeast and various other things. But the free from foods are just as full as <laughs> sugars and preservatives and all this. So mm -hmm. quite soon in my recovery, I realized that they weren't actually helping my recovery, the free from foods at all. They were actually hindering it because they were spiking my blood sugar levels all the time. Um, so eating I, i'm not vegan okay. uh, but i do eat predominantly a vegan diet purely because it's so nutrient dense it's so healthy um it's not processed it's not you know spiking your blood sugars left right and center yeah. and it's better for the environment as well and i'm a big advocate of you know helping the environment as well through yeah. helping ourselves as well so for me that it was it just seems um just natural to it kind of just moved into that kind of way of eating and, and it made me feel good so yeah definitely yeah uh, so i mean if you consider diet to be one of the um pillars if you mm -hmm. like of, of getting yourself better mm -hmm. what were some of the other themes that emerged from the research that you did and what are some of the other things that you implemented into your life mm -hmm. Well, the main thing is to heal the digestive system because it doesn't matter how many raw vegan meals you eat. If your digestive system is impaired, you won't be absorbing the nutrients. So that's yeah. key first. And although I changed my diet, I hadn't done that. So initially mm. um, it wasn't having as big an impact as I thought it should. And then I realized that there was still some healing to go on in the digestive system first. What would be the, the sort of signal that it wasn't completely healing? Is it like bowel movements or something yeah like i mean it's ibs type symptoms so okay. we don't need to probably go into <laughs> no, no, on okay. camera but yeah those <laughs> sorts of symptoms um maybe um you know people are running to the toilet too much or not enough that mm -hmm. sort of thing um bloating okay. um all sorts of um and anything really um, to do with anything to do with the digestive tract, so from right from the mouth all the way down, really. Okay. If there's problems, then there's probably an imbalance in the digestive system. Mm -hmm. um, but it manifests in lots of different ways if there's an Im imbalance. And it, anything from fatigue to depression to um, more symptoms that I won't mention <laughs> on the camera, sure. but they're in my book and on my blog if people want okay. to know about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so healing the digestive system is key. So bringing the, it back into balance, making sure there's good um, bacteria in the digestive system and not so many bad bacteria in there. Mm -hmm. um, we need a little, but not as much as most of us have got. Um, and doing that through, I, I recommend a yeast and parasite cleanse, which kind of detoxes all areas of the body. Um, and that's actually what my second book is about, which is out soon. Uh, um, <laughs> but I, I also recommend fermented foods, and I'm big on a big advocate of fermented foods, and I, I do a lot of videos and blogs about that uh -huh. because I think if you haven't, if you've got a busy life and you know you find it difficult to eat healthy all the time, 
then what I always say to people is add stuff in. If you can't remove stuff, then add some good stuff in. Yeah. So at least you're getting some of the good stuff. But the thing with the fermented foods is you can add those to any, the side of any meal um, uh, or just eat them as they're on their own. But they're, um, they're high in nutrients, they're high in probiotics, they're high in good yeast, um, and they help you absorb the nutrients from the food you consume them, them with as well. Mm -hmm. And they help you detox. Um, so they're a good all-rounder and some of them are really really simple to make as well and okay. you can make big jars of them like I do that last for ages yeah. um, so that's for, for me that's one of the first things that I think most people should do and actually even if you haven't got chronic fatigue syndrome most people have got a digestive imbalance in in the, this day and age and how we live our lives yeah. Yeah. so it's really good to help just get your energy and vitality back and um, lose weight and um, think clearer as well you mm -hmm. know and also with things like depression and stuff they're calling the fermented foods the new Prozac really? uh, because um, <laughs> a lot of the happy hormones and stuff are actually produced in the, the digestive system not in the brain mm -hmm. um, so if we heal the digestive system then it helps with things like that as well so it's great yeah. for everybody yeah yeah <laughs> and, and what would be examples of, of good fermented um, sauerkraut okay. um, kimchi um, Anything you can slice carrots up and ferment those and things, just any kind of vegetable. But then you've got the fermented drinks, which are the, the kefir or kefir, yeah. depending on how you pronounce it, uh -huh. uh, and kombucha and the cavuses and things like that. Okay. So there's there's so many options. So if you don't like one, you can easily move to another. Um, but the mm. things like sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff, you can buy them in the supermarket, but they're pasteurized. So they've actually hardly got any goodness in. Mm -hmm. But um, you can make your own jars of them like this big for like about a pound. Um, right. So it doesn't cost very much. It doesn't take very long. And you can make loads of jars at once that last you months and months and months. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, a really great way to mm. kind of help any, any kind of health ailment really, or just to feel better and get more nutrients in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of ran, rambled on then about uh, fermented foods, but you can see I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, I like passion. That's good. That's good. Um, something else that uh, you, you mentioned um, and that I've heard you talk about is meditation. Yeah. Um, wh what does your, your current meditation practice look like and how did that help you overcome your, your insomnia issues? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I'd like to just say first, mm -hmm. actually, is that's the the two things I recommend to everybody, if they can't do anything else and you want to get feel better in yourself, ferment and meditate. Okay. Yeah, so they're my two key nice. <laughs> things. Because <laughs> yeah. um, that's body and mind as well. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, meditation was massive for me in my recovery and I see it with many of my clients, or almost all of my clients as well, mm -hmm. um, for all sorts of health ailments, whether that's mentally or physically. Um, and for me, I went from, um, sleeping maybe two or three hours a night, broken sleep, um, sometimes wouldn't sleep at all. Um, and I'd been like that for on and off, but for mostly about 15 years. And within days of meditating for 24 minutes a day, that's all I did to start with, to a guided meditation, right. I was sleeping seven or eight hours, almost solid. Wow. I mean, it has a huge impact. Yeah. Um, but people, a lot of people, and I was the same, think we can't meditate. I can't quieten my mind, so I can't meditate. But what I say to people, it's not about it's not about quieting the mind. You, you know, it's going to be very difficult to quieten the mind, even. 
from me who meditates all the time, you know, it doesn't happen that often that you quieten the mind completely. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, um, it's more about becoming the observer of the thoughts and not consumed by them. So yeah. so, yeah, my meditation practice these days, it varies depending on what I've got on, but usually about three times a day um, for anything between 15 minutes and an hour. Um, if I'm not sleeping very well, then I'll meditate throughout the night as well. Wow. When I wrote my second book, I hardly slept for about six weeks because the book was just kind of pouring through me. But I was meditating seven or eight times throughout the, the day and night, like maybe for an hour or two at a time at night. And you don't need that much sleep then. Your body's getting everything it needs from the meditating. Oh. Um, and you're actually then, because you're meditating, really inspired and you know, focused and stuff. And it was crazy the amount of sleep I, I had in that time, yet I was more productive than ever. Yeah. Um, and if I've got a special project or something I'm working on, then I'll tend to meditate more because it kind of brings me into alignment and helps me, like I say, focus and get inspiration and kind of listen to my inner knowing um, yeah. rather than kind of thinking, oh, I've got to do this, this and this. Um, so it's, it really helps on so many different levels. Um, but yeah, meditating is, a, is a, a, an easy thing that we can all do, uh -huh. um, which is life changing. Yeah, life changing. Amazing, and and so what does as you know your your sort of meditation practice then? Mm -hmm. Do you wear like headphones or earphones? Do you listen to anything whilst you're doing it? Is it in a certain place or position? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, it varies. At a more sort of granular level, it'd be yeah. good to kind of <laughs> hear about. It varies. It really depends again what I'm working on, where I am, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I first started meditating, it was a lot of um, guided meditations because I didn't think I could self-guide um, then. Uh -huh. um, and even now, I still use quite a lot of guided meditations. I have a, a few favourites that I go back to quite regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and also sometimes I just think, you know what, I'm just going to search on YouTube for whatever. Like if I'm in a, I don't know, I want to do work on some acceptance or I want to work on... Um, I don't know, self-love or something like that, then I'll just put in self-love meditation and see how much time I've got left, or not left, but time I have. It might be 30 minutes, I'll put in self-love 30-minute guided meditation <laughs> and then see what comes up and then just do that. And yes. that's quite nice um, yeah. to just kind of mix it up. And then other times I just meditate by myself, um, just self-guided. I do a lot, these days I do a lot of heart-centered meditations, bringing myself from head to heart, and that's what I'm predominantly teaching a lot at the moment, because mm -hmm. that's what the third book is about, right. <laughs> which I'm more than halfway through now. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I do a lot, I put my hand on my heart, because as soon as you do that, that produces happy hormones. Um, and then I breathe in and out of the heart space, um, and just rest my awareness there. So, because sometimes when we're trying to meditate in our head, um, mm. we're, we're kind of all heady again and we're not really getting the meditation. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of, it just mix it up, depends where I am. If I've got clients or um, groups or something, then obviously then I'm taking them through meditation, but I always meditate alongside as much as you can. Um, and I do, um, I'm doing quite a bit of shamanic work, so I've been doing some shamanic really? um, meditations as well, out in nature. 
So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, sort of walking meditations in nature where you're just very mindful and aware of nature and kind of breathing it in, letting it go and stuff. And that's really healing. That's, a, that's kind of a, a quite a special kind of meditation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, th I think being in nature as well, such a great way of getting, as you say, kind of out of your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Something else that I've um, heard you talk about, which I was aware of, but not at really any level, is EFT or tapping. Mm -hmm. So do you do you use that? And, yeah. and what are sort of the some of the applications for that? Yeah, well, that was one of the things that I found that quite a few people had used as part of their recovery from chronic fatigue syndrome uh, to deal with underlying traumas and past events, but also to deal with patterns that we've got into and habits um, and kind of coming out of the stress response and the anxiety response to things. So when I, I, tr I trained in that once I was well enough to actually um, train in it, because uh, when I first found out about it and they said, oh, you've got to come and do a whole day, I was like, I can't sit for a whole day and somebody teach me. <laughs> so it came a long way quite quickly. Um, but yeah, it's it's working with the meridians in a in a similar way to acupressure and acupuncture and things. Right. So you're releasing blockages throughout the body um, with this tapping. So you can this is like the karate chop, but then there's different finger points, and then there's different points throughout the body like the head and the eyebrows and and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and the standard thing to do is think of what's wrong. Um, set, stay, say a setup phrase and then tap on everything that comes up and then kind of it releases the, um, the kind of blockages around the, that, those things. Uh -huh. But I've kind of started just using a really quick simplified um, version of it because doing all that is quite confusing to people and it puts them off so then they don't do it at all. Mm. So I say just do it in the moment on the raw emotion and just tap the karate chop or just tap one of them okay. and just you just sort of, sort of say I don't know, say, I'm, I'm nervous of being on camera or something or other, and, and how it makes you feel. So it might make you feel edgy, it might make you feel stupid, might remind you of something when you're a child, whatever it is, and you tap on it and you just get it out. And then what I say is then you tap on something positive, sort of like, I'm open to letting go of this trigger, or I'm open mm. to um, this not bothering me in future, or I'm open to being amazing on camera, <laughs> or, or whatever it is, you know. But again, for me, it's not saying something you don't believe, uh, because, you know, with some of these like affirmations and things you get with people, you so, sort of say, you're saying, I am love, I am great, I am this. But you're inside, you're thinking, no, I'm not, I am rubbish. But, and it causes conflict. Yeah. So you're, you're um, already upsetting yourself inwardly um, and causing kind of a stress response. So what I say is you say things like I'm open to this being different mm. because that sends a powerful message to the subconscious mind mm -hmm. um, and then you can then you just take a couple of deep breaths and you let it out and quite a few people actually feel the energy shift they can feel that there's been a shift and some people don't feel it but they start to notice that it's breaking these patterns and habits and things mm -hmm. um, so it's a way of using what we've perceived as negative to help us heal and move forward so it's really powerful it's a really great technique and it doesn't have to be as complicated as it seems. That's what I'm saying to people. So if it seems complicated to any of the anyone watching this, then just do a simplified version. Do what you can because anything's going to help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's, when you reference energy there, I suppose other than um, sort of meditation, is there anything that you would do to raise your um, your vibration, mm -hmm. if you like, your vibrational energy? Yeah, yeah, there's loads of things. Um, one of the things that I'm currently doing, which might not be everyone's cup of tea, is the shamanic work. I'm training to be a, a shamanic practitioner, oh. and that helps, you know, connecting back with ourselves each other and nature that helps to raise our vibration mm -hmm. but for the foods we're eating if we're eating low vibrational foods it, mm. it's it's our fuel a food is our fuel so if we're putting rubbish in we're going to feel rubbish yeah. so that's really important the people you're around mm. um, if they're always putting you down maybe you don't want to spend so much time with them mm -hmm. um, and the news and things like that I mean I stopped a long time ago watching the news and reading newspapers and stuff Right. I subscribe to um, a thing called posit the Positive News or something, Positive News something or other, it's on Facebook. Okay. Um, and they tell you all these amazing <laughs> things that are happening <laughs> in the world all the time. It's great, so yeah. it lifts you. But meditation, obviously, as well, uh -huh. and the tap like you say, the tapping. Uh, but anything, any kind of energy work, if it's different for different people, some people like crystals, some people like even massage or, you know, anything that's going to just help to... Um, kind of shake off all that heaviness mm -hmm. that we've got mm -hmm. um, and kind of just um, bring in to us more energy and more vibrancy include and, and breath actually that's one of the key things yeah. breathing mm -hmm. most of us are not breathing correctly it may think we may think we are because we're living <laughs> but we're not we're not breathing deep down into the bottom of our lungs and into our abdomen so what happens is we're mixing um, a lot of stale air and our toxins with the fresh stuff and then not feeling as energized as we could and not getting um, not feeling confident and not f and not feeling vibrant and lots of organs aren't working effectively then so if we just spend time every day during a meditation or when we wake up or even whenever we remember just breathing everything completely out of our lungs so we're getting rid of all the toxins that are in the bottom there mm -hmm. and then breathing completely into our lungs again so we're getting uh, basically expelling everything and then getting lots of fresh in and it really helps with energy and stuff, which is why they actually, you can get oxygen therapy now, mm. um, because we're, we're just not actually getting physically enough oxygen most of the time. Mm -hmm. So it, it helps with so many different things and, and posture with it. You know, if we're sitting down and stuff, we're not getting enough oxygen in. Yeah. Sorry, if we're slouching, we're not getting enough oxygen in and stuff. Uh -huh. So just simple things like that okay. can make such a big um, uh, effect on energy, vitality, and everything else working effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of really um, actionable and, and good advice tips for mind and body. Mm -hmm. Detoxifying the home yeah. is perhaps a little more um, <laughs> obscure. How, what sort of things would you do there? Then? Um, well, it's getting rid of chemicals, really. We right. Our homes are absolutely jam-packed full of chemicals, and we can't get rid of them all unless we're going to go and live in a cave in, I don't know, Siberia <laughs> or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just, you know, bleaches and air fresheners and, okay, you know, yeah. all these sorts of things, we are breathing them in. If you can smell it, you're, you're breathing it in. So air fresheners, which are absolutely jam-packed full of chemicals, you are breathing those in. Sm nice smelly candles, the same, um, hairsprays, you know, all these sorts of things. We're breathing those into the lungs. And mm -hmm. then, like I say, we're not expelling them then and they're sitting in the lungs. 
Um, so yeah, making your own alternatives, which actually is really cheap, really easy, and can be fun as well. Um, and just like um, carpet freshener, like the shake and vac type things and yeah. stuff, you, you, all you need to do is buy um, some bicarbonate of soda or something and put that down instead. And it just mm. absorbs all the, the odors. And, and trust me, it works because I've got dogs. <laughs> so okay. <it> <laughs> Um, but you know, a bit of vinegar and bicarb in the kitchen will clean a, a um, cooker, c clean all the oil and stuff off of the cooker. Mm -hmm. um, and like air fresheners, just a, a little spray bottle with some water and some um, essential oils. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's really simple, and you can make them as gifts and stuff for people, which I get a lot of clients to do. I run workshops on that sort of thing. Um, and you know the the chemicals that you're putting onto your body is doing the same things so you're absorbing those so you're bring, mm -hmm. if you're bringing in lots of kind of chemically moisturizers and mm -hmm. um, makeup and um, bare shampoos and conditioners and stuff obviously they're they're contaminating the home but they're contaminating you even more because it's something like 60 percent of what we put onto our skin we absorb so whether oh. that's a moisturizer or it's a bleach or you know whatever it is it's we're actually consuming quite a lot of it either through breath or our skin um so and like i say it's really easy to make alternatives and and mm -hmm. fun as well so mm -hmm. and it's good for the environment as well because it's not all these chemicals going down the sink of course of course yeah so, yeah. yeah excellent excellent so I gather that earlier in the year um, you did a, a long walk. Mm. Um, it was, I think, September actually you did it mm -hmm. uh, for 24 days and 500 miles from yes. th across Spain. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got it written down here. I'm reluctant to try and say it on camera. Camino de Santiago pilgrimage. That's right. Yeah? yeah. Fantastic. So what was that like in terms of um, personal evolution and self-discovery? Mm -hmm amazing yeah <laughs> i don't need to say anything else that's it it was awesome okay um it was something i found out about when i was chronically ill and i used it as a visualization throughout my illness i like a real full-on visualization where i felt the wind and the the rain and the sun and i was imagining myself walking it yeah. and aching and stuff so it's part of my recovery, but then since getting well, I hadn't got around to walking it, even though I kept saying I was going to. Really? Um, but the last year, the signs that keep coming up everywhere of kind of, you know, these Camino things keep coming up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna walk it. Um, I actually did start earlier on in the year. I started in March, but then I hurt my leg after a few days mm. and I kept walking on it because I was like, I will walk this Camino. <laughs> but it got really um, bad and I had to give up. So I went back and started it again um, in September. Uh -huh. um, and it was just the most fantastic thing. It, to be able to walk 500 miles across a country, <laughs> up through the Pyrenees and some other mountain ranges as well, um, after, you know, barely being able to get up my stairs a lot of the time at home was just the most incredible feeling. I felt really powerful and grateful and just in love with life uh, almost every second of the whole time I was there, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. why I walked it so fast as well. I think mm -hmm. everyone's going, you're crazy. <laughs> and I was like, but I just feel strong. You know, this feels so good yeah. that I just couldn't stop walking. Um, so yeah, incredible, incredible people, um, seeing different 
um, scenes every day, walking through oh. mountain ranges, but then walking through the Masetta, which is like lots of flat fields and stuff, um, and walking through woods and stuff. It's just the most incredible thing. And I, I highly recommend that everybody walks a Camino in their life. <laughs> so much so I'm going back next year to do it again. Wow. So <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it, it averages out at more than 20 miles a day. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Oh, so, so where were you? Where were you staying whilst you were doing it? Um, in hostels. Uh -huh. They're called albergues along the way, okay. uh, which are specifically for the pilgrims. Um, uh, and did you have it mapped out prior to? Uh, no, you, you know your route, but it, you kind of just decide where you're going to stop depending on how you feel and things. Yeah. So the first week I was doing um, probably slightly less than 20 miles a day, more like um, 15, 16, 17 miles a day. Um, and then as I felt stronger, I was doing longer days. Mm -hmm. And the last day, I'm not sure, can't remember how much it is in miles because everything obviously is in kilometers there. Um, but the last day I just couldn't stop walking. I did 53 kilometers that day because um, I just wanted to get to the end really. I was just like ecstatic. Um, and then I spent two hours trying to look for accommodation. <laughs> so I probably did quite a lot more, but um, it's, yeah, it kind of just, I ended up doing more and more each day, but it just felt so good. It felt so good. Like I was saying earlier, that connection to yourself, spending that much time with yourself, a lot of the time meditatively walking uh -huh. or, you know, and then connecting to a community, a walking community of people who are all, you know, just as mad as you because they're walking across a country. <laughs> Um, and also then that connection with nature as well. It mm. was incredible. And I did a lot of meditating uh, when I stopped along the way and stuff on hilltops and things like that. So mm. it's it was really um, healing and nurturing on so many levels because it ticked all of those kind of connection boxes. Mm. Uh, so yeah, do it, do yeah. it, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you mentioned um, a book that you love, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. Um, what are some of your other favourite books? Oh, there are so many. Um, I love The Celestine Prophecy uh, by James Redfield, I think it's Red, okay. Redford, Redfield, I think it's Redfield. Um, I like all of um, Dan Millman's books, but particularly the the Way of the Peaceful Warrior one. It is a, it's a life changer, a game changer, definitely. And they, they have... Uh, a um, film out about it now as well. Well, it's been out a long time. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, and then I like a lot of um, David Hamilton's work, who's okay. um, from not far from here in Sterling. Oh, um, big, he's a big Hay House author. Uh, he's, I think he's just written his tenth, ninth or tenth book or something. Oh. And his is all about how the power of the mind and how the mind can help um, us heal physically and things like that. Mm. And as his books, I found after um, Dan Millman's books, and they just came into my kind of world just at the right time when I was becoming open to, you know, that what we're thinking up here has a big impact on what's going on down here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, any of David Hamilton's books are great. Um, Sandy Newbiggin's books, he's, he's from Edinburgh originally as well. Um, that's about meditation and mind detox methods to help us kind of move through whatever we're going is going on for us and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but 
what else? I mean, I'm <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's on my bookshelves now. Mm -hmm. But last year I got rid of 1,500 books, oh so I've only got so a couple of bookshelves left. But I'll Paolo, Paolo, I never pronounce his name properly. Cohen, Cohen, Cohen. Okay. He does The Alchemist. Uh, um, right, right. His, the Alchemist is brilliant, but so are a lot of his other books. And they're, um, they're, they're kind of, they just fall into your life at exactly the right time. So yeah. um, his, his stuff's excellent as well. But I could probably go on forever if I could picture <laughs> my bookshelf in my mind. <laughs> uh, so. How much reading do you do? A lot. Yeah, yeah a lot. Um, I'm reading a lot of shamanic books at the moment and uh, things on kind of those sorts of principles but um, uh, all sorts of stuff but um, yeah I, I read a lot whenever I can on the bus um, in the bath in when the bath is running just before going to bed just when I get up <laughs> you know whenever uh -huh. I can it's it's important to, to me I, I, I enjoy learning all that stuff mm um and you know tweaking and changing what i'm doing and, and evolving and and then i've got more to share with other people then as well because everything i share i've done myself yeah. you know otherwise that would be a bit strange <laughs> so yeah. so yeah uh, recently it's a lot more about shamanic stuff and mind detox type things and you know what's behind and self-love what's behind why we um a struggle to make the changes that we know we should be making and things like that mm. so Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting to the nitty gritty of it all. Yeah, 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 and and obviously you you write your own books as well, so you've mm -hmm. got one already. Yeah. I mean, you're currently I think one's being released soon, and you've got one yep. planned for 2017. So yeah. tell us about your your new books. Yeah. What can um, we expect? The one that's out at the end of December um, that is called Cleanse, and that's uh, actually a program that people can follow. Um, for detoxing mind, body, and soul, I, I put that one down as. Whereas the first one's mind, body, and home. Okay. <laughs> um, so it kind of takes you a bit deeper. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's a program to follow. Um, and then the one that I hope to be out for Valentine's, but I've still got about ten thousand words to write on it yet <laughs> and edit. Um, that's called Loving Yourself Inside and Out, and that kind of merges the detox work I have been doing with the self-love work that I've been moving into and explains why we find it hard to make the changes that we've, we need to make to get well or healthy or lose weight or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, because I think we all know we should be eating better and <laughs> exercising more. We're not silly, you know, we know we should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. But we, we find it difficult for whatever reason it is. So mm -hmm. that book is kind of helping people understand that actually if we take the time to nourish and nurture ourselves um, or our, our love of self should I say then we will find the nourish and nurturing of the body so much easier we'll be able to stick to things we'll want to you know eat something healthier or go for a run or whatever it is yeah. so it's it's that side of things and, and cleaning up you know all those again those patterns and habits and traumas that we might have gone through which are mm. kind of sabotaging our love of self as well so that yeah that book is kind of a, a bridge between <laughs> the two worlds that I've been working in uh -huh. um, but I've also got others on that I'm working on as well one from the Camino um, kind of a background task and a couple of cookery book well call them cookery books there's not actually any cooking 
in them, <laughs> uh, one on fermenting and one on kind of um, raw food and vegan food and stuff like that. So every time a good recipe, a recipe turns out okay, uh -huh. it goes into this file for, for those two. Yeah. So they'll be out maybe the end of next year or something, perhaps. Wow. So, it's yeah. amazing. It's incredible that your journey, you know, you were bed bound mm -hmm. and now you just have all of this energy and you're doing mm. all of this incredible stuff. It's so, yeah. it's so inspirational. But mm. how does it make you feel? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, I say to people, just, you just need to follow your fun. You know, cause I, even getting into this world, initially when the first book came out, whilst I was writing it, whilst I was publishing it, and and afterwards, I you kind of I slipped a little bit, and I was like, oh, this is such hard work, and you know, I don't know if I can do this, and all these doubts come up, but I wasn't I wasn't listening to myself, I wasn't following what was fun for me and things, and I think if you continue to keep following your fun, then you're inspired and you're in alignment and you're focused and you have energy and you love what you do uh -huh. um, and then you don't get tired uh, well, you do but not as easily um, and you can do all these amazing things and you love what you're doing and people other people pick up on that so you'll draw other people that love what they're doing into your life as well yeah. and I think I posted an Instagram thing yesterday and it said um, I love that the more I love life, the more it loves me back. <laughs> and that's so how I feel now. If something, if my energy dips or my vibration dips or something like that, and I think, oh. well, I don't think that's for me then. You know, so it's just keep, keep following the, what's fun. And it might seem totally irrelevant, but it will lead to bigger things yeah. because your energy is in that space. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. So yeah, it just feels awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> So following your fun, I mean, this, this show is um, very much about reconnecting with purpose and, and doing the things that, that you do enjoy. How would you describe your own purpose? It's evolved. <laughs> it's evolved a lot. Initially, I thought my purpose was to help other people get well uh, from things like chronic fatigue syndrome, IBS, that sort of thing. I thought I was the detox expert. You know, that's, that's my purpose. Um, but that you know, I, I, that soon changed into like this self-love kind of expert or whatever as well. Uh -huh. uh, because, you know, I struggled so much throughout my life with things um, uh -huh. that I wanted to help other people with that. But now I, I realize it's just a lot simpler than that. And it's just about um, having a, a, a life that everyone, that we all love, yeah, you know, and that's for me, I love my life and I want to show other people that they can love theirs as well. Um, and it doesn't have to, it's not about money and it's not about relationships and it's not about careers. All that stuff's great, um, but that's all borrowed. And you know, if that person leaves you or that career falls through or, you know, then we're sad and unhappy again. And um, what it's, what my purpose and what I'm doing in my life and I'm trying to help other people with is to realize that it all comes from within you know and when we generate that happiness within that joy that peace that purpose whatever it is then it's never borrowed and it yeah. can evolve and it can change and that's completely fine as well because we're humans you know um, but it's it's just we're filling ourselves up from the inside out rather than the outside in and that's sustainable then yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, I don't know if I answered that question. No, no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Can I waffle on? <laughs> not at all, not at all. 
And so, I mean, how do you think people that um, you had in your life or are in your life or have been in your life, how have they reacted to your metamorphosis? Um, I think most people are pleased. You know, obviously, you, you're going to get some people that are like, what is she doing? Yes. <laughs> you know, she was a drug user and a um, drink all, drinking all the time and this, that and the other and stuff. She can't possibly be, you know, doing this, this or this or whatever. Uh -huh. But that's fine. I don't mind. You know, years ago it would have bothered me um, a lot. You know, that's. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I, I got depressed and things because I always thought other people didn't like me. They said this, I said that. Why didn't I say this? Where? Why didn't they invite me here? And it's just constant and it's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm just like, that's fine. That's up to them where they are on their journey. Um, and that's part of what I teach is acceptance. You know, when we can learn to accept whatever it is that's going on around us, not just how other people react to things, um, then because we're not in conflict anymore, we just kind of, it, we just let it go. You know, you can feel something, accept it, and then think, oh, that's okay, I'm human. You know, I feel jealous or judgmental or this. That's okay, I'm human, and then just let it go. So you might, like, I might, there might be times still that somebody will say something and I'll be like, oh, that's not very nice. Yes. <laughs> but I just, I'm allowing myself to feel that and then I just let it go. And it's, you know, it's a learning. It can be a gift rather than something that can potentially destroy us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's massively empowering. It's, I, I think a lot of people probably struggle with that mm -hmm. way of life. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people tend to kind of harbour resentment yeah. or hold on to things rather than just as mm -hmm. you're saying kind of observe and let go and the whole I don't mind ethos is something that I've certainly heard um, Eckhart Tolle mm -hmm. uh, speak about so yeah, yeah. yeah it's it has a huge impact it had a massive impact on me mm -hmm. um, some of the things that even you know I, I'm obviously in a much better place but like this year um, my husband and I broke up and oh, having that that except reminding myself of this acceptance mm -hmm. allowed me to pass through it so much quicker. I didn't harbour any resentment and judgment for very long anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am human and that's yes, okay. Exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, I could pass through it so much quicker and see the gifts in it. And you know, my life is so much fuller now for that, even though that was a really um, difficult time to go through. Mm -hmm. But you know, even from the past, you know, my abuser and stuff, when I did some work on forgiving the abuser and actually sending love to that person that was huge and i can't tell you how big that was yeah. for my recovery from that um, trauma in my life mm -hmm. so you know it's it is difficult and i write about it in the, the first and i think the second book as well uh, this concept of forgiveness because if someone's done us wrong then we're like well, i'm not going to forgive them mm -hmm. you know they've been wrong but actually we're not it's not bothering them whether we forgive them or not. It's actually affecting our health. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to there's a lot to be said about forgiving other people, but also forgiving ourselves for things because we give ourselves a hard time as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, it's like uh, the analogy: drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Yeah, yeah, it's Jeez. exactly that. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. Okay. How would you describe your your personal values? Mm. I'm not actually sure. Okay. <laughs> I I value a lot of things. I I value truth um, a lot, and I like to hope that I'm as truthful as 
I can be without upsetting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what I value in other people. Um, and an openness, which is kind of a, s a similar thing. Um, and um, love, openly loving people as well. Um, for like I say, for most of my life, I struggled with this concept of you know loving people and people loving me and stuff. But I think the more we share love between us all, then the, the more love there is in the world. Yeah. And we're raising our vibration again then. Yes, yeah. you know, we're, there's a lot of what we can perceive as bad things happening in the world at the moment. But getting fearful doesn't help that. Um, actually lowers the vibration of ourselves and the world. So mm. um, being in a loving state and sending love to those areas, those people, those things, or even ourselves as well, it, it has a powerful um, impact on us because we're all vibration. Yeah. So if we're, we're sending out happy vibration, then we're going to vibrate happier and higher vibrations. Yes. Um, but you know, if we're not, if we're doing the opposite, then it's going to have a big impact on us all as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be, people that are love, or not just people, but myself as well, that are loving, truthful, open, um, and just genuine. You know just genuine and honest people really um, yeah. even if that's you know sometimes genuine honest people can upset people <laughs> but yes. I like that because you know where you stand then you know uh -huh. um, so yeah that's brilliant yeah the whole concept of uh, unconditional love and living in peace it's it's very um, high level of consciousness mm -hmm. or high level of awareness mm -hmm. um, and I think it's a challenge for people to move from a place of apathy or resentment or especially when you consider the things like you were saying the media yeah. kind of conditions people to so uh, yeah everything that you've said is, is really good in terms of detoxifying every aspect of your life and allowing yourself to live in that space yeah totally it has such a big impact on us and the world then as well yeah so yeah brilliant massive cool okay what would you like your legacy to be that I helped the world to love itself more. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. That's brilliant. Absolutely love that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you a few questions around um, success. Okay. Um, again, another uh, theme that I like to, to discuss on the show. How do you define success? Someone that loves themselves. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say the same thing for every question. That would be easy. <laughs> Um, no, I think to love the body and the life that you're in is successful. I think most of us think it's about money or houses or partners or you know careers and things. But like I said earlier, that's all kind of borrowed. I think success is living in harmony and peace and love in yourself and within the world as well mm -hmm. um, from the inside out and that's to me is real success that's real abundance you know yeah. a lot of people want to be abundant but they think it's only about money but actually it's so much else we can ab be abundant in so many areas of our life mm. um, yeah so that's that's it really. yeah yeah I mean well, there's people um, that have been abundant in spite of money really yeah uh, in history it's not uh, and I think that's the problem with the way that society has, has gone or is going is that it's about or very much promoting the idea of materialism and material mm. wealth. It's like these aren't the things that are going to give you true happiness. No, no. <laughs> and I feel very abundant in health and love um, uh -huh. at the moment, you know, 
and well, I would say at the moment I'm going. It's going to be always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's it's the money aspect's just a temporary thing, um, and it doesn't lead to happiness. Oh. So yeah, success is about love. <laughs> Definitely, there's a lot of love. I like it. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever ever received? Ooh. That would be from my coach, and I think he heard it from his coach, who may have heard it from another coach. <laughs> um, uh, early on when I started working with him, he said to me, what is it that you really want? And at the time, I was still suffering from depression, and I said, I want peace. And he said, how much time each day are you dedicating to peace? <laughs> Not dedicating to, I haven't got any peace, mm -hmm. or worrying about that, but how much time are you actually dedicating to peace? And I was like, man, not very much. <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe that's something you could change. And I ask it for most of my, with most of my clients as well. Mm -hmm. I say, what is it you want? It might not be peace. It might be joy. It might be passion. It might be um, abundance or something. And then I say, how much time each day are you actually dedicating towards that? Because I think we get into this habit of thinking we don't have all these things. And that's what we keep thinking about is I don't have the love of my life. I don't have the career. I don't have peace. I don't have my health, whatever it is. But we're not actually spending time dedicated each day to what it is we want. So um, I always get people to schedule, even if it's just 20 minutes a day into the calendar, like an oh. alarm goes off or something um, to spend on moving towards whatever it is that they want in their life and that's massive and I still do it now like if I decide oh I really want this in my life now then I will schedule stuff that, that something in each day to make sure I'm moving towards it mm -hmm. so that in another six months I don't get there and think oh I still haven't got this thing that I wanted or whatever it is yeah. so yeah that's that's the best piece of advice and one that I think everyone should um, work towards is like whatever it is you want make sure you're doing something each day to work towards it otherwise nothing's going to change mm. you have to be the change <laughs> otherwise nothing's going to change mm. excellent so, yeah yeah if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20 year old you what would you say sort it out <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um i don't know because I've pondered on similar things to this before because you know when you're on a slightly alternative maybe spiritual route or something you think why have I just spent the last 10 years learning all this stuff why didn't somebody just tell me this stuff at the end or not the end but maybe where you are now back then and then I would have been sorted uh -huh. um, but the thing is you're never ready back then you know if I if somebody had told me about shamanic stuff or self-love stuff or EFT or even meditation at 20 I would have been like I'm just going to go over here and drink some more <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult. I think I, I would have just said maybe you're not alone and you are loved. Um, yeah, something like that. I mean, the 20-year-old me would have still said, I think I'm hallucinating or something. <laughs> but um, that's probably all I could have said, um, really, is to just, you know, give her a hug and you're OK. It's all going to be OK. Yeah. Because you know, it always is. Uh -huh. It might be rubbish in the meantime, but it always is eventually okay. Yeah. Everything we're going through is fuel to um, being the best of who we come here to be. 
and the happiest of who we came here to be. Yeah. Maybe I would have told her that, you know, this, yeah. this, this rubbish stuff, it'll be okay because it's all fuel for the uh -huh. future. So, yeah. <laughs> great, great. I think I know what your answer to this is going to be, but if you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? <gasps> this is easy as well. <laughs> I was actually I was at a workshop not so long ago and we were asked exactly the same question in a circle and I was near the end of the circle and everyone was saying um, get rid of terrorism, famine, you know, um, deforestation, things like this. And my response was to teach everybody to um, move from fear to love um, because if we were all in a loving place then there wouldn't be the deforestation, there wouldn't be the terrorism, there wouldn't be the, the things happening in America and here with politics and things. You know, there wouldn't be any of that because we would all be loving and accepting and respectful of each other um, so, and, and the planet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to, to be able to maybe go into schools or families and things early on um, and teach people there's a different way, teach children there's a different way and that we can um, be in a place of love rather than a place of fear. Mm. Um, I think that would have a huge impact on the world. And that, yeah, that's what I would change if we could all be more loving than fearful. Oh, mm. Amazing, yeah. brilliant. I'm gonna, gonna use one of your own quotes to close this uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> you said, too many of us walk, uh, what's it? walk about not really consciously living mm -hmm. but instead existing it really doesn't have to be this way life is amazing you're amazing and together we can pave the way for a happier and healthier life for you your family and this beautiful planet mm -hmm. so i mean your your energy is absolutely incredible um it's been such a you know the amount of passion and it's just so inspirational your story i think it's absolutely incredible and um, i just want to thank you for all your your honesty and openness and the way that you are just absolutely yourself with no concern about what, what others think i think it's amazing mm. it's true thank inspiration thank you that's really lovely thank you <laughs> i've welcome. really enjoyed it <laughs> good i'm glad thank you so much for coming faith it's been Thanks. a pleasure cheers <laughs>